Welcome to the Self-Awareness and Self-Compassion Podcast, formerly known as the Full Spectrum Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Blaise Schwaller, life coach, mom, and former tattoo artist. I help people heal their past, speak their truth, and love the lives that they're living now. Join me here every week for conversations on how to live an imperfect but fully engaged life that embraces all the feels so that you can stretch into your best life while enjoying the you that's here right now. Hello, hello. It is awesome to have you here this week. I want to share with you an experience that I just had where I've been working on my health a lot, as you all know, but in particular over the past few months because I've been trying to figure out why my voice is going away. So I know you can tell that my voice does not sound the same as it did a month ago, and even then it wasn't great in the last round of recordings. And it turns out that I am highly reactive to smoke in the air. And I didn't realize that we were getting so much smoke from the wildfires up in North America and Canada blowing down into Connecticut. And I'm like the little canary in the coal mine. So I was reacting about two weeks before it really was making the news that it was down here. And then you could start to like really see and smell it. And then my voice just completely almost went away. So I'm still recovering from that. And I'm still taking care of my voice, trying not to talk as much and just, you know, speak when I'm here on the podcast, speak when I'm working with clients and otherwise take it pretty easy. But it's kind of inspired me to appreciate my body in some interesting ways in that I didn't realize how much I really do have going for me in a weird way. So it's odd that sometimes when you're sick or something unexpected happens and you need to take care of it, you start to assess where everything actually is working. Or maybe that's just a way that I've turned in my own perspective, is to always look for what's working so that I can, I don't know, feel better about my life and help myself faster to do more of that stuff. So what I noticed is that I'm sleeping really well. I've really managed in my life to make it a priority and to kind of keep a very consistent schedule. And then I decided I was going to modify it, which was an interesting experiment that actually hasn't turned out the way that I anticipated it would. (laughs) But I wanted to add in walking again because I was having trouble going out when the air is really bad. And I'm finding that often the air quality was better really early in the morning. And I also realized that it's also getting hotter. It's harder to get out for me once it hits too much hot and also pollen on top of the smoke. And in addition, um, just trying to have a moment for myself that wasn't packed with a tight schedule because definitely this time of year, there's just a lot of moving parts in our lives. There's school, there's activities, there's like all of the celebration stuff of a little kid getting through another year of school, followed by the preparation for all the stuff that's going to happen this summer. So I've been juggling all of that. And I went, when is the only time that I think I could actually go out and go for a walk? And it turned out the answer was like six in the morning, which Part of me just wanted to crumple and die because I'm like, oh my God, can I even get up that early? I have a hard time in the morning. And then I said to myself, what if that's a story that I tell myself and I don't actually have a hard time in the morning? I just am not used to actually getting up and doing anything in the morning. So I set my alarm and the first few days I set it like 10 or 15 minutes earlier, seeing if I could just like sneak it in and go for like a little tiny walk and see if I could get five or 10 minutes and then come back and start my day like normal. And for the first couple of days I did that. And then I realized 
that my daughter wanted to go with me on these walks. So it turned into us actually getting up at six in the morning instead of 630 and going for a walk up and down the road and, you know, seeing all of our neighbors head off to work, but also having like this really beautiful moment each morning where the sun's just coming over the forest and it's really pretty and you can see all the dew. The birds sound really lovely and there actually isn't as much activity from humans and like planes and all that kind of stuff that I normally would hear. So it felt really peaceful and it's actually cooler in the morning. So it was nice to actually get up and want to put on a sweatshirt this time of year and go for a walk. And then by the time we warm up and get back, I'm feeling like, oh, okay, I'm ready to take that off and start the day. So I actually am feeling pretty awesome after a week of this and really surprised. Like I had no idea that a little young kid would want to go on that kind of a walk or do exercise early in the morning. But we're not really framing it as exercise either. It's just, you know, movement that's good for us. And it's a way to get out and get the air. And she said, you know, my legs are a little tired trying to do this this early because we haven't eaten breakfast yet. Like we're doing it before we've done anything else. And she said that it's not bad, though, because it makes her belly rumbly and then she's ready to have breakfast, which I'm glad for. And she's appreciating it. But more than that, oh, my God, it was like a crazy way to get my kid to actually get dressed without taking the whole half hour to get dressed. So now it's like, hey, it's early, we got to get going, or we're not going to have enough time to go for the walk. And she just gets dressed really fast. And out we go. And it solved some other problems. So I wanted to share that with you to say that sometimes we can surprise ourselves by trying an experiment, and it goes way differently, but in a good way than what we had anticipated. I definitely think If I was doing this completely by myself, it would be a different experience. I think I would go a lot faster and I might get two miles in. And with a young kid, I'm really getting one mile in, but it's still good. It's actually better. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, depending on the day, maybe it's going to be a different experience. And I'm also curious about how this might play out if I continue to keep that habit, how it can grow and evolve through the course of the year, because I also look at it recognizing that I probably don't want to go out at six in the morning in the winter when it's pitch black and really, really cold and like 10 degrees. But when it's 55 degrees, I don't mind so much. So it's an interesting, an interesting sensation. And I'm proud of myself for getting back in the game, even though things have not been ideal. My other workaround too, when the smoke content is high, I've got a little alert system on my phone now. So it'll tell me when I've gone into like the moderate levels and then the high risk levels and then the, oh my God, stay home. Um, I definitely fall into as soon as it hits yellow. So just moderately getting bad, I should stay inside. And I was so angry about that. I still am. I'm dealing with what I want to say is just like the limitations of what's possible for me to still feel good. And I work around it by going, at least I have a house where I can kind of do some laps inside and still move around. So it's not like I'm lacking movement. It's just lacking the outside, which, you know, is frustrating, but it's not the worst thing in the world. It is tough. I think when we have ambitions and we want to see ourselves as, I don't know, it it's like the thought that comes to mind is like, I want to be a superhero. I want to be able to be super strong and super fit and flexible and be able to do all these things. And part of me wanted to question, like, is the time for that in my life past? Have I lost the possibility of that ever happening again? And my answer after many weeks of really pondering this a lot is no, I haven't lost the possibility of ever being able to be awesome physically 
What I need to be, though, is realistic about what's possible in any given moment and in any given circumstance. So will there always be wildfire smoke? God, I hope not. There isn't today. Will I eventually have a long enough period of time where there hasn't been smoke that I recover? Probably. There's still things that I can do, and I'm still doing better than doing nothing. By choosing to not let that throw me into the depressive state where I do nothing. Because that is also a tendency that I have is to be like, well, if I can't have what I want, then I'm just going to, you know, sit on the bed and watch TV shows and read a book and never go do anything with my body. And I don't want that to be the truth of my life. I recently was listening to a recording and the guy on it said, it's hard to improve your fitness to improve your body image if the only way that you're using your body is to transport your head from place to place. And it blew me away. And I was like, oh my God, am I guilty of doing that? And how often am I guilty of doing that where my body is really just used or even like I'm trying to improve my fitness just so that I can move my mind from room to room and to consume TV or a book or a class and then go to the next thing. Well, if that's the case, then I'm not really enjoying my body. And I went, oh my God, well, I don't want that to be my truth anymore. I want to actually be present and enjoy having this body. And it's more than just my head. So I've really been thinking about that a great deal, particularly in the last few days since that was brought to my awareness. And I'm considering more of myself, more of the pieces of me, I guess. So like, how are my feet feeling? What would it, what would feel good? Do I need to have a stretch or would it feel nice to use like a foam roller and roll out my muscles? And if it doesn't feel good, what parts do feel good? I'm more interested in the experience of these sensations. And then what am I capable of is another thing that I've been asking. So could I actually do push-ups again? And even though I have this idea in my head of how many and how, um, how much endurance I had and stamina to keep going as a teenager at 14, 15, 16, when I was really training for this versus what I'm capable of now and laughing at myself for even thinking that I should try to compare that (laughs) because I'm going from a dead stop. Like I haven't been doing any kind of workouts. Like, am I out of my mind to think that I could just jump in and do, you know, 40 pushups? No, of course not. So I need to meet myself where I am and go the body that I have now has actually been mostly used to just move my head from place to place and carry things around for other people, namely my child, for a while. So, I mean, I have been using it, but I haven't been appreciating it, (laughs) and I want to appreciate it now. So this has all been a whirlwind of accumulating new perspectives and considering what might be pleasurable. So I would ask you who are listening, what do you find pleasurable with movement, with your body, is there a way that you can move or play or join a sport or whatever it is that you do, where you actually feel engaged and you're enjoying the fact that you have a body. And it's not just about you thinking about your life or thinking about what you could do next or planning. It's about actually being present. I think that's what's been lacking for me with wanting I don't even want to say to work out, although that's kind of the phrase that I had been thinking of is like, oh, I need to improve my fitness and work out. 
but that's not really how I want to do it anymore. So I started to think, what are the things that bring me joy or would make me feel joyful in my body? What would I want to be able to do that feels free and light and fun? And I really enjoyed ice skating this past winter. So it's definitely on my list of I'm going to do that. I'm going to take actual lessons. I'm going to get myself ice skates that really fit me and I'm going to skate. And that's going to be my fall and winter groove. I want to be able to go zip lining in the trees and to do that. I'm enjoying now just knowing like I have a little pull-up bar that I put in my closet. (laughs) So it's kind of in the hallway on my way out of the recording studio here. I can like go and just dangle from that and pull myself up and down and then continue on my day back and forth from my office. And I've started doing that this past week too, and not expecting that I can do a pull-up, but just to go, I have the option. Like it's okay for me to reach up and hold on to something. I might even try to pull myself up on it. What does that feel like? And then where do I feel that the next day? And let me tell you, it's not fun (laughs) all the time. Like the feelings that I have in my, like the shoulder into the armpit and into the chest, like these are muscles that I have not been working a lot in the last few years, but it's nice to know I have them. So I really temper a lot of like what I would say gut instinct is like the negative experiences of having these experiences and trying to gain, I don't know, some muscle mass or proficiency with my muscles. I guess that's more accurate. I want to be proficient. I want to be able to do a lot of things and I want to be able to do them over time. And I had been considering that I wanted to have that in my old age, right? Like considering my mortality, how old do I want to get? And what do I still want to be able to do when I'm old? And why would I even want to have that? And there was such a disconnect in the way I was thinking because I was thinking, well, I just don't want to be in pain and I want to be able to move around and do all these things. So I should, therefore I should lift heavy things and I should like push things and I should do squats and eat better. And it's so that I can like live to be older and not be in pain. And that felt like a good answer until I started to think, no, but really like what's the experience of a day-to-day life that I want to have when I'm older why would I want to have that? Why would it even make a difference? Because if all I'm doing is just moving my head around to like visually look and see other people's lives and be like, oh, there's grandchildren and there's whatever's going on, that isn't actually good enough for me anymore. I want to be able to interact and I want to be able to think that at 80, I'll be able to like scoop up a child and run up the stairs with them and like carry a person. That would be amazing you don't get to have that if you're not even able to do it now. So I'm meeting myself where I'm at and going, okay, well, how can I improve, you know, my lung capacity? Why do I want it? Yes, for that purpose. So that when I'm 99 and sitting with my daughter and her kids around the table and they hand me a kid, I can like run upstairs and play with them and not be as exhausted as I currently am in my forties when my daughter wants to play crazy games and run around all night. I want to actually gain that now as well but I want to maintain it. So I'm questioning myself where I'm like, oh, well, if you want to do that, then why aren't you doing it now? Or why is the excuse like, oh, you're too tired. So we're not going to do it now. I'm like, oh, I don't want to be too tired to do it now. So what's causing that? And, you know, then we come to all of the gazillion reasons why we get tired, right? And we're just tired people. (laughs) So I'm 
paying attention to, am I getting enough nourishment? Am I getting enough rest? And is it quality rest? Where am I holding stress in my body? And honestly, a lot of the tiredness I'm finding, if I'm really reflecting on it and being honest with myself, is that I'm not asking enough of myself. I'm not pushing myself hard enough to have enough growth to be able to maintain or have that response. So we can think of our bodies maybe as like we call upon them to do something and they rise to the occasion. But if we never ask them to do a task, when we ask them to do it, it's clunky, it's hard, it takes a lot of effort, it doesn't know how. So now I'm thinking of training my body as that where I'm training it to quickly be able to respond and adapt, but then also quickly relax. And I hadn't thought of improving my physical fitness and my body in terms of recovery before, even though everyone talks about it and that it's important in my mind, it was just this thing of like, oh yeah, you work out and then you like, you rest and then, you know, in an hour and a day or whatever, then you go back and do it again. And now I'm really thinking of it in terms of the same way I think about emotional recovery and nourishment is if you put out a lot of energy, you then need to come back to equilibrium and restore that energy if you want to call on it again. And you can push yourself a few times, but you don't want to get down to the bottom of that bucket. So I think it's the same where we push our ability to run up the stairs or to lift something heavy or to do a lot of repetitions of something, and it wears us down. In order to get the energy back to do that again, I have to actually be aware and present with myself enough to know what is helping that recovery and what is the proper feedback. So I'm really dedicating myself right now to getting to know my own body, my own feedback system, and to understand, you know, what kind of pain is pain that says this isn't worth doing and this is painful for you and it's going to cause damage. Or is this just the soreness of you use that muscle and you actually can use it again? Um, but like there's lactic acid buildup or whatever in the muscle. And like, how can I actually work with that or move it through faster? So now I'm looking at different techniques and ways to just care for myself better so that I have a faster turnaround time between asking myself to do something that currently I find very difficult and then just relaxing. Can I go quickly from being like really high heart rate to low heart rate? And that to me feels kind of like a game. And whenever I'm thinking about games, I don't know, I engage better and it's a lot easier for me to do. Mm, yes. So I'm curious to all of you, where would you put yourself on a scale of one to 10? If you're thinking about the way that you use your body and what you ask of yourself, is your body really there to just move your mind around? Or is your body there partially for that, but partially for fun and games and sex and all the good stuff in life, eating all of the, I don't know, we're, we're embodied creatures. We get to do all of that. Where do you spend most of your time? How do you want to use your body? If like you look at it and go, oh my God, I'm guilty of mostly just moving my head around a lot. How would you want to change it and why? What would be fun? Do you remember anything when you were younger that felt really freeing and awesome? And do you have trust in your body? And that's been a big one for me is rebuilding my sense of trust for my body and its ability to be there for me and to recover, particularly in the face of dealing with my voice going away and difficulty breathing with the smoke. 
to say, can I trust that given the right care, I bounce back quickly and can recover and still do all the things that I really want to do and enjoy. And I'm finding that, yes, I can find that trust and I can rebuild that with my body, but it takes an effort and it takes consciousness for me. It doesn't come from just hoping it was so or not thinking about it and ignoring it. It actually is an active relationship. So I would offer to you all to consider the relationship that you have between your mind and your body and how we can make it a kinder and more back and forth feedback um, awareness so that you can enjoy all of the aspects of your life and have just, I think, a greater richness of experience by doing so. Mm. My friends, I hope you have a fantastic week. I would love to hear how you find that balance between thinking and doing and pushing your body and recovery. It's all really interesting and fascinating right now for me, and I'm definitely deep diving into that these days. So I would love to hear from you and hear your tips and tricks and how you take care of yourself and build that awareness and build the spaces for yourself to recover and then push yourself and then recover and enjoy all of the things that you can do by being here in this world. Mm, Have a wonderful week and I will see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with someone you love and leave us a review. You can learn more and get some self-compassion tips and tricks by visiting coachwithblaze.com where you can sign up to get my free booklet on overcoming anxiety, overwhelm, exhaustion, and burnout. I'm sending you so much appreciation and love, and I'll see you next time.